The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live, and today we are going to discuss camping with dogs. And I just can't wait. It's feeling like summer out there. It is. And I'm going to give a pre-tip oh, to the quirky tip. What's your pre-tip? If you're going camping with dogs, don't forget to bring your pup tent. <laughs> oh, my God. He's been wanting to do this one all I left day. out a couple from last week. Yeah. I'll make sure I get them in later. <laughs> oh, my God. He was so excited about the play on words. All right. Our real quirky tip, give me another wink, is these cots. Okay? You can get them on Amazon, and they're Regalo cots. They're not pet cots. <clears throat> they're for actual humans. I actually got them for my godson and his brother for Christmas. Um, and I slept on these when Scott herniated his disc and we lived in the facility and I needed to be in his office. But I love these beds. They're so great. I even sent them home with our board and train clients right now. They're the Regalo Cot. Don't type in pet because it's not a pet product. But they fold up and they're super easy to bring camping. So that's my quirky tip. Many of the pet products are actually designed for children's daycares. <laughs> yeah, well, it's there's true. All, there's all kinds it's of true. things And you transition. can get like folding specific beds for camping and you know REI and Roughwear. They all sell all this camping gear, but if you want to go cheap, just get the Regalo from Amazon. All yeah. right. Oh, and also, if you actually shop for kids' little beds, they're cheaper than the same bed yeah. as a pet for, product. For dogs, yeah, yeah, for sure. So check that out. Um, so it was just Memorial Day, and we live in Maine, and Maine is vacation land. It's no joke. It says it on the welcome sign, and everybody comes on up. So everybody's getting in camping mode. A lot of RVs, a lot of you know trailers, everything coming up, going camping. People like tent camping. We love camping. We haven't been camping in a bit, but we've no, been but camping we with dogs a soon. lot. Yeah, we like yeah. the nature and the whole aspect of it. So we thought we'd kind of flush this out today because we're, we're, we're a little more glampers than campers lately. <laughs> no. Last couple of times we've gone, we've kind of we got... stayed in a yurt one time. I guess yeah. that's real. That glamping. was pretty high end compared yeah. to. Oh, but now that we're talking tents, <laughs> oh God, where are you going? Uh, the local library oh, had a little article in the paper saying that they had tents available if you'd like to go and check out a tent rather than a book. And I said, wow, well, I'm going to go get a tent and uh, camp out in the yard. Yeah, last time so we, we camped, got a we tent. camped in front of our fire pit. In our yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jess was up at about 4.30 in the morning. Are you ready to go inside yet? <laughs> it was a little chilly. <laughs> All right. So when we're bringing the dogs, when we're paying to go somewhere, when we're looking into campgrounds, maybe you're thinking, oh my gosh, I could never bring my dog camping. This doesn't sound like something that my dog could ever do. Maybe with a little training this summer, you could try it this fall. But we're super into camping with dogs. We have a lot of friends into camping with dogs and everything else. So let's start with tent camping. <clears throat> I'm going to say this as a precursor. Tents are not crates, okay? So we went through this like whole phase in performance sports a few decades ago, I'd say. We're like, oh, we'll just bring a tent. It's easier than carrying a crate around. I think it was even before soft crates. And dogs literally would be like reactive in these tents, like that tends like going dozens of feet away and everything else. So be conscientious that if you're going to have your dog and you plan to, for some reason, leave it at a campsite, a dog can get out of a tent. A dog can rip a tent. A dog, even if it's properly secured down, can move a tent. So let's just preface this by saying tents are not crates. And if you do need to leave your campsite for some reason, your dog needs to be able to be quiet there and safely secured. That's how I'm going to start with tent camping. Yeah, and I would say that if you're hanging out, you know, around a fire at, at your camp, your site. What do you call it, the site there, 
you should have your dog tethered yeah. or on a leash because yeah. there's always situations where someone else is walking the dog past your site and then a dog will run off of their site and startle at the very least the person walking with their dog on yeah, leash. And even for situations like the campfire, like there's different things at this campsite than the dog seeing at home. It's not accustomed to this kind of stuff. Just keep the dog safe away from the fire, stabilized while you're setting up the tent and everything else. So that is my first tip is be very conscientious of space and where the dog is going to be. Is the dog going to be sleeping in the tent? Maybe do a test run at home, pop the tent up, make sure the dog's not scared shitless of the tent. It'll be in the tent. It'll settle. Maybe sometimes you can even fit a crate into the tent, but test that kind of stuff out at home. Don't just assume it's going to go swimmingly. And what we typically do, uh, based on my memory, which is weak, <laughs> is uh, we will leave the, uh, we'll have a couple, if we take a couple dogs, we'll have crates in the vehicle with the windows rolled down and they will sleep in the crate in the vehicle. We're sleeping in the tent. Yeah. That yeah. works out well Or we'll, we'll have too. like maybe one dog loose with us, but we can't, we have small tents. We can't have dogs all over and, the place. And our, our dogs are very comfortable in the crates. So they're more likely to get a good night's sleep in a crate than in a tent where they're just like, what the hell is this all about? Why are they yeah. sleeping on the ground? And we're in a better way to get a good night's sleep too. So yeah, if you have crates in the car, if your dogs are accustomed to that, if it's cool enough and you can leave windows open and everything else, great. Consider that um, as an aside. So I actually got some cool products. Can you put that uh, image up, Chrissy? So this is a tent hammocky kind of thing. Grand Trunk sells it. And um, some friends of ours use this. It's called the Mozzie 360 Hammock Bug net shelter. So I think that's super cool as far as like an easy way to be camping, not have bugs on you. You're sleeping. The dog can sleep underneath you. Everybody's contained in the same thing. And then this gun dog supply stakeout is awesome too. So Scott mentioned like tying the dog out. We have the like twisty ones that go into the ground, but that's kind of a bitch for like just a couple nights or a weekend or whatever for camping. Depending on your dog. So it may not be strong enough. Yeah. So the gun dog stakeout is just an easy peasy like, hey, I can tie my dog to this. The dog's at the campsite. So I wanted to share a few of those products with you. Yeah. One thing I would say, if you have a bulldog or a very short-coated dog, uh, you got to be fairly aware of mosquitoes what time of year you're there because uh, we had a, a friend of our... Uh, Noel. Noel came to visit yeah. us with her bulldog. She had the dog in a crate and she was, I think, in he our house... He was a house, pit bull, right? Yeah, I'm sorry bull. he called you a bulldog. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was the same thing. Uh, similar. But anyway, the dog was like all swelled up. It got like a thousand mosquito yeah, we went bites to on get, it. We went to get ice cream. And so if you're going to leave your bugs. dog in a crate, yeah. it would be good to have it inside a, a mesh uh, mosquito tent yeah. also, depending on the time of year. And bug repellent is a huge issue for me. Even if your dogs are treated with something and, you know, normally at home, we're going to have more bugs, ticks, mosquitoes, everything in the woods. So, and it will help protect yourselves against these things just as much if you treat the dogs extra special. And so, if, you, if your dog starts swelling up, it's going to ruin your trip. You're oh, going to freak that, out. Sure. You're going to be like, hey, we got to get out of here. No, we gotta- for sure. You want to be conscious of the little things you can find out in nature. And actually next week we're having um, a local company on that I have a ton of faith in and they sell a lot of like natural products and stuff that I use all the time for spraying and everything else. But and bring stuff that's going to protect your dog topically, going to be safe for them and that you've used before. And also, you know, getting, I don't know if you have a little, you know, first aid section to this Yeah, topic, I'm going there for sure. I definitely would have Benadryl with you because yeah. even a bee sting or something like that, your dog's muzzle blows up. 100%. Uh, Benadryl is a great way to fix something on the go, especially if you're off in another state up in a campground somewhere, you know? 
That was actually one of the questions within show notes. Oh. Why should I consider bringing a first aid we're, kit we're along? We're kind of like on the same page. I, I, I think this is the first time ever that Scott's prefaced <laughs> a subject that I've put in show notes. He never knows what the show notes say. But yeah, so if we're going to talk first aid kits, this is a pretty standard Jess thing. We travel with multiple dogs normally, but like my first aid kit, I always have something if we're going to be gone, especially overnight or on a long mm-hmm. hike away from home. I would have Arnica in it. I like Arnica. It's a homeopathic. It's good for, you know, swelling if the joints or anything else, good anti-inflammatory. Benadryl, as Scott mentioned, great for if your dog gets stung by a bee or something else, if they're blowing up. I'm not a veterinarian, but I go by the 25 milligrams per 25 pounds rule. So if the dog's 50 pounds, I give them two. If the dog's 12 and a half, I give them half of a 25. Peroxide, hydrogen peroxide. If your dog eats something that you don't want them to eat, now all of a sudden you're, you know, an hour from town, an emergency vet's, you know, a few hours away, you can give your dog peroxide to induce vomiting. Um, This is a thing that a lot of dog people have used before. Bring it with you. It's just a little bottle. Vet wrap. If you do not have vet wrap in your little repertoire of dog stuff, order some on Amazon. If you're lucky enough to live in Maine, the Agway sells vet wrap for horses and stuff. I always have just, you know, a quick roll of vet wrap if I need to access anything. With that said, normally if you're wrapping something, it's because there's a wound. I would have some saline solution to be able to clean out some sort of a wound or something. And this is all just a small, tiny little kit. If your dog's nasty about being dealt with or, you know, could be working badly under pain or something else, bring a muzzle when you're dealing with this kind of stuff. And then just some sort of topical ointment or spray or whatever you use. I really like Vetrisin. It's really all the same stuff you'd have in your own uh, medical yeah, care. Yeah, but you don't for need the dog. Yeah, yeah, but well, well, you're transferring over to the dog and some of the stuff is more specific to dogs than not. I would say the vet wrap is nice because you can bandage dogs differently than you can with humans and ace bandages and everything else. All right, that was a good um, ending to the first segment. Let's go well, to break g- super quick. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about camping. Okay. <laughs> Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. All right, Scott has got topics he wants to talk about. No, just uh, getting back to your dog's health and camping and having a great time and not having to leave early, which would really suck. But the one thing you want to just be aware of is that your dog doesn't overheat. You go out on a hike. You don't know what the temperature is going to be. It could be a little warmer than usual. You're going to wind up doing more exercise with your dog than you typically would do. You guys are out. You're there to go hiking. Yeah, and you're, it's you an, want to it's make an, sure an uncommon dog, trail. You're not Make sure you're your not dog doesn't sure overheat. Make sure they have plenty of water. I, Jess and I have climbed Mount Washington many, many times. And on more than one occasion, I've seen somebody with their dog three-quarters of the way up the thing. They're carrying their dog almost. They don't yeah. seem to have any water left. And it can be really dangerous. Yeah. Dogs' so pads have gotten Make ripped. sure they get plenty of water, and they're going to need more rest than you probably if they're not re- really into it. And if they're a high-drive dog, then you have to slow them down because they're just going to go, go, go. And then they, when those things come on, it like comes on out of nowhere, and it's really quick. And then you're like, holy shit. And it's yeah. just not easy to get them cooled down. Yeah. And if and there's a river or something um, and the dog does seem a little bit hot, going and putting their pads in the water at first is a great way to kind of start to stabilize the body temperature. Don't just dunk their heads under. Which leads me to the next thing I was going to mention is if you're camping on a lake, your dog loves the lake, they're in the water a lot, you got to be careful of that water intoxication, which is a freak thing that seems to come out of nowhere, but they're taking water in if they're doing a lot of retrieving. They might be just running and and they might have a little bit of a 
compulsive behavior to drink. Yeah, or they're Don't just retrieving a lot drink, and drink, taking drink. in water. Yeah, yeah. water tox- intoxication can be a huge issue. So those are two good things not to, to be... Not to alarm you, but no, these but are things that happen. No, but you have to be conscious of these things. Yeah. And everybody's out camping and thinking it's so fun and all the dogs staying cool in the lake. It's not the same as kids, right? You Especially, might get a little bit wrinkly as a child with your you know, fingers, but you're not going to have water intoxication. What if were you going to say? I mean, we're dog people, and I know that most people that listen to this podcast are dog people, but the average family that brings a dog that goes and does this stuff, you're there for yourselves. You're there to have yeah. fun. You want to bring the dog with you. Chances are you're drinking beer, you're having a good time, but you got to be really aware of that dog, just like a kid that's under seven, yeah, a five-year-old that's just running around doing crap, like they're eating dog poop. They're doing crazy stuff. You got to keep an eye on them because dogs can get a little crazy. Yeah. And that's that brings me to when should I not bring my dog camping? And even if your dog has been like a frequent camper your whole life or something else, if you're going, if your group of friends, this is happening a lot in my age group and a lot of my friends, if your group of friends who used to go camping with and get trashed and wasted and have fun in the woods with now has all these little kids and now all of a sudden, you know, the eight of you that used to go camping is like 26 of you because there's kids in every family coming Maybe that's a good one for your dog to sit out the first time. It's going to be a lot more stimulation. You have a lot more things to focus on and everything else. And don't feel bad that you leave the dog home from camping and see what things are like. If it's going to be a heat index of like 95 or 100 or 105 and you still want to go camping and you're excited to go, fine. But maybe then grab a sitter. Like, be conscious of these things. If your dog loves to go and you really want to bring them, you don't want there to be some sort of life-threatening thing or potentially some fatal thing or just the hassle of it all, the stress of it all. Like if the dog will be happier at home in the air conditioning and you'll enjoy camping more poolside or whatever, however you camp with your friends, then do that and don't feel bad about it. And at least try it out and think, okay, yeah, Fido can do this in the fall or Fido can do this next year. You might think, thank God we left him home. This was a lot for everybody. Yeah. I was going to say, if you have friends going that have young kids and they're, uh, you know, their kids just do whatever they want all the time and no one's kind of getting, reeling them in, you don't need to subject your dog to these kids because yeah, no, your dog might be doing everything he's supposed to be doing. And these dogs are a kid magnet. Yeah. Kids just love dogs. And your dog could be like, what the hell? Give me a break. Yeah. No one's getting these kids off the dog. Yeah. And sometimes everybody's like, oh, we'll all bring dogs. It's okay if everybody else brings dogs. You feel it out. See how all the dogs get along. It can just be more stress than it's worth. And with that said, if you've never brought your dog camping before and you're like, oh, this sounds like a lot of fun. I really want to do this. If you have huge leash reactivity camping, whether it be towards animals or children, or adults or anything else, I would not bring your dog camping without some training, right? Like you don't want to be the campsite that's interrupting the peace and the nature and all the joyful kumbaya around the fire for everyone else. So be conscientious. If you have major holes in your training, you know, get some better control in public also before you bring your dog camping. Don't just think you're going to be secluded in the back and everything's going to be safe as it is. Yeah. And definitely check ahead of time with the campgrounds, make sure, find out what their policies are regarding dogs, because some campgrounds don't want dogs. Some say you can bring one dog. Yeah. Find out what they are. We've gone to a campground several times that I think they said you can only bring one dog. And we had been there and then we wanted to bring three dogs. And we, yeah, I emailed them ahead of time and they remembered us from the year before. They said, yeah, bring, it's okay. Yeah. Bring them in because we had good control. We used crates. 
And we were just responsible dog owners. It wasn't a big issue. And with that said, a lot of campgrounds, the rules are don't leave the dogs alone at the campsite. So if you're planning on doing a lot of like day trips, oh, we're going somewhere new in New Hampshire. Oh, we're going somewhere new in Vermont. We've never been there before. We want to check out the city. It's going to be too hot to leave the dog in the car. Maybe that's a time to leave the dog, you know, back at home, like we're talking about with a sitter in the air conditioner, because people do not want you leaving your dog at a campsite or even leaving your dog in an RV for that matter. And the dog's just barking all day, ruining it for everyone else. So be very conscientious that it's going to be the best situation for yourselves, as in your family, your dog, and then everyone else that's going to be there. Anything else with tent camping that we've missed? Uh, not off the top of my head. I think All we've right. covered a Let's lot of these things. Let's go into oh, RV go. living. I'm ready. RV living. Yeah, RV camping. It's a whole nother echelon of camping. You're not used that, to it. This like, was like my... Now my... we're into the glamping. Oh. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't camping. You called anymore. the yurt glamping. What else? Did you have something else to say about tent stuff? Because we're moving on. No. Okay. No, All right. So I spent a good majority of my life um, traveling around doing Canon Entertainment, and I did a lot of camping at RV parks and everything else. And this is a whole another segment of camping, and this happens a lot of times now in the performance sport world, right? You're going to dog shows every weekend. You're like, holy crap, I got to pay for all these hotels, all the in and out. People end up getting an RV, um, you know, a fifth wheel, a tow behind trailer, whatever else. So if you're in this type of situation and this is a new setup for your dogs, I would say spend a couple nights out there just in your driveway, get the dogs used to it. It's way easier than pitching a tent and having to sleep on the ground when you have a lovely bed to sleep on inside. Get the dog used to the setup before you take it on the road. We have clients um, in Southern Mass right now, their dog's having an issue with the stairs. We worked on that yeah. in the driveway. He's a silver lab and he... He just dives from the street yeah, up into he's the really, door. He's very environmental about like the stairs uh, going into the, uh, you know, trailer and it's concerning like he's throwing his hundred pound body in he's you know it's hard for the people so we worked that a lot in the driveway we're like okay you do two steps up you get a piece of cookie we go back down there could be some weird hiccups that you see that your dog doesn't understand let's not work through those on the road let's work through those before we get onto the road right you have this lovely you know extra living space now use it and train it and get the dogs accustomed to it if you get to an rv park And there's a lot of dogs like, you know, and this happens. There's a lot of people that are retired and they travel around and that's their life. And it's a brilliant life. They have their animals on the road with them and they're seeing the countryside and it's awesome. Do a little walk about yourself. Okay. Don't just be like, all right, we're taking the dogs for a walk. Get there, get a little bit of a lay of the land and then walk around. You're going to see, okay, that site some crazy dogs, that site, not very good control, that site, a setup where the dogs could jump out and everything else. And you're going to get a feel for where you want to go, what route you want to navigate with your dogs rather than just, you know, go, okay, here, we're here. We're going to all check it out together. If there's a busy RV park and there are a lot of dogs, I'm telling you, this is the best practice. Um, you can jump in at any time, but One this isn't as much say, your life you know, as we, it was mine. We've talked about, um, sensor push on another yes. podcast. A we had them on push, the podcast. It's a little um, temperature. temperature and humidity uh, reader mm-hmm. that will go to an app in your phone. So you can have this sensor push in your RV. Yeah. You've got dogs in there. You're out doing something. And you can just, it'll give you an alert. You can set the parameters. So if it's getting over 80 degrees, all of a sudden you're going to get a notification, which means maybe your generator turned off. Yeah. Maybe it's just too hot. And you just want to know what's going on with your dogs because the worst, it happens so quick. Yeah. If you have a dog in like a hot, in a hot yeah. room... 
or vehicle. For even two, three hours, I mean, it could be the end of your dog, God forbid. You don't want to, you yeah. don't want to think about that. No, that's a great it is nice. caveat. And even when we're going back to tent camping and dogs sleeping in cars and everything else, we have sensor pushes everywhere that's yeah. alerting us. We're crazy. And the nice thing about that product, we did a whole podcast episode with them. If you just type it into the Quirky Dog search bar, sensor push will pop up. And it was a whole episode with just them and their... Um, staff. But the nice thing about that is it works on Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So like a lot of RV parks right now have Wi-Fi. So if you're out and you're away, the Wi-Fi will still pick up the temperature signal and alert your phone and yeah. everything else. The Otherwise, blue, you Bluetooth, have to be within Bluetooth range. The Bluetooth range. is great if you go into a restaurant. Yeah, so you park close. your RV close enough that your Bluetooth is picking up. So you can have, you know, again, if you have a generator going, you know, you're not going to have really a big issue. But um you're not always going to do that. And it's just nice to know that it's 70 degrees. It's 70 in the RV. It's good peace of mind. I wind up looking at it. We've just checking in, seeing yeah. how things are doing. Yeah, we, it's just good peace of mind for us. We like it. We'll be outside at our house and be like, all right, what is it? Is everything working? Checking yeah. that out. If you are thinking of going this route, motorhome, tow behind trailer, you know, whatever, however you want to phrase it. Um, what did you have? You had an RV. You had a... Yeah, it was... I don't know what st- style you'd call it. it yeah, was, I don't know. He, he didn't it have, wasn't. A, it was just you. It was really just for business. It, it was like he, a, it was a twenty-seven, twenty-six footer, twenty-seven yeah. footer, and it was somewhere. really just for business. It had a logo on it and stuff. It was. But I used to it be, if I went to trials. Yeah, he used it for training. You know. Um, so you know, you have this setup. You're thinking, what should I get? Honestly, if you have multiple dogs, I'm going to tell you right now, the toy haulers are nice, especially if you crate your dogs. There's a separate, you know, exit at the rear for them. And um, you can kind of have living space. If you want to have other people from the RV park over and entertain, you can do that dogless. So if you're kind of feeling this whole thing out and thinking like, yeah, we're kind of in the process of this, the toy hauler route is a really nice way to go for multiple dogs, especially when you're used to crating them. And just be conscientious of your surroundings, of other people, of what's going on, you know, where you're pottying your dogs. I'm sorry, but if you're going to stay somewhere for two weeks, I don't really want three or four dogs peeing right outside the tree, right outside my door. So I'm going to smell that for two weeks within the summer. Same thing for other people. Don't have dogs, you know, urinating and defecating over people's sites. Go to, you know, potty specific areas for dogs. Just be respectful. Don't act like, you know, oh, we're here. We showed up. We're ready to rock and roll. If you follow the rules, a lot of these places love to see the same faces back every year, the same pets back every year, everything else. It's like family. So just be respectful of these things and be conscientious before you arrive and get there. Yeah. And if you're going to go do some hiking or um, if you don't have good off-leash control, don't take your yes. dog off-leash. It's yes. just, it's rude, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah. I mean, and it's you know. a safety issue, too. And now you're in, you know, a foreign town. You're not in your, you know, same town that your dog's used to and stuff. Just be conscientious of dog safety and providing the optimal amount of fun for everyone. And, and I just want to say, along those lines, a really nice compromise. We, I took my dog for a walk yesterday. Jess came with me. I have a 10-foot leash. Yeah. Is that a 10-footer I had? Or yeah, 15, 10, or 10 or 15. Or 15. Yeah. So when I walk him... You know, he can heal next to me and I tell him free and then he's out and he just marks and he just acts like a dog, but he's got a pretty good range of space to roam. Uh, But yet I can get him back to me pretty easily and he's got the freedom that he enjoys and... um, I know I have control of the dog. But it's stuff. not a 30 foot line that no, no, Scott's no. trying to reel in. And I mean, honestly, this, this, this car is going by and stuff. Yeah. So if he's out 
10 feet out in front and the car's coming down the road. I was calling them into me and yeah. wait and for that to And from a camping perspective, as much as I shit on flexies, that is kind of a good place <clears> sometime <throat> to be able to have a flexi and let the dog go in and out. And lastly, make sure it's a vacation for your dog too, right? Like, don't just have your dog here to prop them up in family photos and like, oh, we took the dog camping, like Scott's saying, and we're different than most people. But normally if we're going camping, we're like seeking out areas like, where will the dogs like? Where will it be comfortable for the dogs? If you're bringing your dog, make sure that you have things that are going to be fun for them too. Do hot dogs on the grill so the dog can have a hot dog. Do peanut butter sandwiches so the dog can have a bite of that. Make it a vacation for them as well because they are getting out and we want it to be enjoyable for everyone and relaxing for everyone. So I'm super into the camping topic. We saw everybody coming up to Maine to camp this past weekend. They're going to keep coming up all summer. And I kind of feel like we need to go camping now. Definitely. All of our favorites have gotten sold. Yeah, no, it's nice. We got to do that. At, at the very least, get up to Mount Washington and yeah. climb that a few times. We this don't year. do that with dogs, though. That is a good side note. Do well, not we have done it. Climb we to just, the top. We yeah, just go we halfway. turn back. Yeah, we do not take the dogs to the top. We've never seen a happy dog at that last uh, half hour of a climb. It's not an easy go. All right, you guys, next week we are going to have the owners of Sustenance Herbs on. It is a business in Kittery, Maine. I'm very passionate about I use a lot of their products. And in the meantime, keep it quirky. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.